Thusly, they are very similar genetically. Real shallow pool, we'd say. A lack of genetic diversity means that if one individual is susceptible to a certain virus or pathogen, the entire population would be at risk of being wiped out by that same threat. And that is why Elizabeth Ann, the cloned ferret, is so exciting for conservationists. Willa, the ferret, whose genes Elizabeth Ann carries, was outside of the small group of ferrets alive today in the wild. Meaning, if this distinct genetic material can make it back into the wild population, then the resulting ferrets will be much more resilient and likely to flourish across the landscape again. But scientists aren't just going to drop Elizabeth Ann into a colony of wild ferrets and hope for the best. First, more cloned individuals will join her, then they will, we hope, have offspring, then those offspring will be bred back with wild ferrets, and then, if all of that is successful, the overall black-footed ferret population will be in much, much better shape. All of this ain't cheap. Just for Elizabeth Ann to be born, her genetic material had to be inserted into a domestic ferret's embryo. That embryo had to be gestated in a surrogate ferret, and then Elizabeth Ann was born by a cesarean section. Viagen, the private company handling these technical aspects of the operation, also runs a pet cloning business. If you have a cool 50000 bucks lying around, you can get an exact genetic replica of your beloved uh, snort. Much of the funding for cloning comes from a nonprofit organization called Revive and Restore, which also raises private money to pursue even bigger goals, including bringing back populations of fully extinct animals like the woolly mammoth and passenger pigeon. Several extinct species have their genetic material stored in the frozen zoo. It might seem wild to imagine a living woolly mammoth, but the mammoth isn't significantly distinct from the elephant. And so what scientists have accomplished with black-footed ferrets should be possible with mammoths as well. There are, of course, loud arguments about whether all this time, money, and effort would be better spent protecting other species that are still alive. What if we poured these resources into protecting habitat and combating climate change? Isn't an ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure? The same lack of genetic diversity that afflicts the black-footed ferret is also a huge problem for many game species, including the bighorn sheep. In theory, we could get a few bighorns out on the mountain with a new blend of genetic material that could make them immune or resistant to pneumonia. That would go a long way toward keeping that species alive and well. We've talked before about the reluctance of some hunters to take deer and other game with tracking collars around their necks. So I wonder... Would people be more or less enthusiastic about bagging a sheep that was the offspring of a clone? Possibly the exact replica of, you know, maybe your buddy's sheep. This week, we got a special deep dive into Pittman-Robertson funds and how they're used. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. 